We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Jeff is a Chicago-based abstract artist. A former CFO, he started painting in 2015. We had a wonderful conversation about his creative energy and how that relates to his life and his artwork. I am pleased to share my conversation with Jeff Cody. So let's talk about your artwork. Um, obviously, I am, a, I am not an abstract painter, and you are, and I am very curious about your work. And um, I'm gener in general curious about abstract art. I'm particularly curious about yours because it's very unique and it's very, it's very diverse, actually. It is. It is. So. You know, that, that bothered me sometimes in that I, I don't feel there's a cohesiveness, but, you know, I, I paint whatever comes to mind. And I, you know, I don't paint to sell, but, you know, if, if, uh, if it works and it triggers some emotion or um, inspiration in the viewer, then, you know, wonderful. Okay. So you don't paint to sell. You paint to what? The title that I named, uh, that I used for my website actually is I Paint So That I Can Touch Paintings. Uh, you know, it, it's especially the very thick, heavy paintings that you see in museums and whatnot, you just want to go up and touch it and get really close and see, you know, how does a brush stroke feel or, you know, you want to interact physically with a painting. Um, you know, that came, that came after two or three years of taking lessons and getting to the point where I am now, but I paint to release energy. I paint to basically get rid of emotional energy that, that is, you know, that's driving a work. Um, you know, whether good or bad, it, it ends up on the canvas. And that's, that's a great feeling when you're done with that. Um, during the painting process, there's an extraordinary amount of energy that flows through the body onto the canvas. How long ago did you start painting? I started painting the summer of 2015. Um, I was fortunate to retire at 50 years old. And I engaged in our teacher. And she took me on this incredible journey of you know, the first two years were teaching me technical, um, technical matters of artwork, you know, basically how to hold a pencil, how to draw with a pencil. Um, and then we started going through all the mediums through inks and watercolors, acrylics, and finally ending up in oils. And what's fascinating about that process is she never taught me or had me look at art history. Um, she wanted to see what came out of me before she started um, referring me to the various artists in, in history. And I, I loved that approach to teaching because that, that really allowed me to paint without reference. Um, and it's, it's been an incredible journey. And now that I have, you know, these, these styles that are emerging, she's referring me back to the various artists who use these styles to paint and create. So it's really interesting to see how this is developing. Why did you decide to do art um, were you trying a variety of different things and then you, this was the one that stuck? Um, I came from a financial background. So I was uh, a tax guy, a CFO for a private equity firm and did that for 20 plus years. Um, so you have a, a very, very structured environment to work in. Um, when I retired, I wanted, you know, I've always thought about art, um, you know, during the 20 years of being a CFO, 
my partner and I traveled a great deal and we collected art from around the world. So I've always had a tremendous appreciation for art. Um, I wanted to see if I could create the same. Um, so the engagement of this teacher um, was one of the few things we did after my retirement. We also became certified scuba divers. So mm -hmm. that, that's where we spend and still spend a lot of our uh, travel time is on scuba, scuba trips. Um, but art really is where, you know, like you said, I'm here almost every day and I really enjoy coming to the studio and painting. It sounds like it was a sense of curiosity about maybe I have something inside of myself. Like I've been observing this artwork. I um, appreciate art. I collect it. What, you know, maybe there's something inside of me that could actually create it. It sounds like yeah. that's what happened. And yeah. you made, you took some steps. Where, what was your confidence level? You know, someone who doesn't have an art background, were you hesitant or did you just jump right in? So, so the art teacher we engaged, we had her come to the house for private lessons. Uh, once a week, we spent an hour with her. Um, I did. And then my husband joined later. But um, so I would, you know, the first two years I was calling her and trying to cancel a lesson because I didn't do the homework that she put in front of me from the week before. And I would get frustrated because I couldn't produce what I had in my mind. Eventually, that, that lack of confidence started to go away. And I started to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look like something. Um, and I think that's why I started to tend toward abstraction. Um, I still can't draw, you know, to save my life. Um, I, I am challenged with proportion especially of a figure, you know, that's, that's very hard for me to see proportion yeah. and, you know, whatnot. Um, but abstraction started to make a lot of sense with, for me. Um, that's interesting that you say you were not able to create what was in your head and coming from a financial background, that's all about its control and rigor and its numbers, its yeah. spreadsheets. Yeah. So like, you know what you are planning on doing for the day when you are a CFO and you do that, you know what your plan is for the quarter, you have plans for the year and it's all on whatever spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're going into something where you, that's not happening. Um, so was that like, what did that feel like? Did it feel like I'm a failure? Obviously you worked through it and you made an adjustment and you, you know, went with the abstract, but I'm kind of curious about how you felt and your confidence. And the reason why I'm asking this is because a lot of people um, are interested in using the creative part of their brains that listen to this podcast. And oftentimes they're not currently doing that. So it's a whole nother way of thinking and it's a whole nother way of dealing with work and challenges and planning yeah. your day. Um, and so a lot of times people will just give up or they have whatever kind of reaction. So I'm really curious about what that experience was for you and how you got through it. So coming from the financial background, it basically was, was loaded with structure. Everything that I did was structured. You know, you had to follow rules, uh, you know, tax law, um, financial, you know, gap reporting rules, things like that. So everything had a structure around it. I still have that. And what's interesting is I, there's so much structure within the work that I do now. Um, and you can see some of the pieces behind me. You know, there's, there's a lot of structure 
what I do is a, a lot of times I paint outlines to completely doodle and then start to go back in and fill in the spaces or abstract that doodle um, or drawing and whatnot and started to fill that in. Um, how I felt about it, it's, it's interesting. There, there is every once in a while, say every, every 30 paintings or so, I feel good about what I lay down in the first, first layer. Um, most of the time I let those layers dry and go back because it doesn't look right to me. It doesn't feel right. And I start to build up the layers. And over time, what's, what's interesting is I'm, I have never not been able to finish a painting to my liking. I will eventually work on it until I, I like it, until it makes sense from a compositional perspective and from, you know, from a palette perspective. You know, how I felt about it, it's, you know, I, I never, I, I didn't gain the confidence until about a year or so ago. In 2018, I had my first show at the uh, Center on Halstead and um, the show was curated and it was primarily lab, uh, landscape abstraction, some, some realistic landscape, mostly abstract landscapes. And I thought they were okay. You know, they were probably my first cohesive body of work. Um, did the opening and I had, I think 120 people at the opening, which was great. You know, it was mostly family and friends. But during the run of that show, I sold 50% of the show, which I just assumed that always happens. You know, you get a, a crowd, you know, a room full of people and then you sell half the show and you're done. But from what I understand, you know, that was, those, those instances are few and far between. Um, so at that point, I started to realize that I had something that people enjoyed looking at and more so people enjoyed buying. So it's, it's been an interesting path of gaining that confidence over time. It, it's still, you know, there are still paintings on that I'm working on that I have no confidence in and, you know, I want to shred it, but I know that I can use it for a future piece letting some of the under, underlying layers live or burying it and whatnot, but you know, eventually getting to the point of confidence. You mentioned that there's a lot of energy that is coming through you and onto the canvas. Where did you put all that energy before you started painting? That's a great question. I think a lot of it went into my focus in work. Um, you know, that the job that I left was incredibly demanding, you know, working anywhere between 70 and 90 hours a week. So I was able to, I guess, focus that energy and just concentrate on doing the best job that I could. I would actually work out every morning before I would go, go to the, go to my office. So that was a tremendous release of energy. What's interesting is since I've retired, I've not really worked out like that. Not, not a cardio workout. Um, we do Pilates a few times a week, which is a great re release of energy. And it, you know, it's not cardio, but it releases the, you know, the energy stored in the muscles by stretching and whatnot. But the creativity, you know, I, I did various projects. I bought a house in 2006 and did a complete gut rehab on it and, you know, rebuilt it to my vision and, you know, it turned out beautifully. So that was a great outlet. But otherwise, I think the energy went into simply working very long hours and focusing on doing a great job. Is that um, a trait that you've always had? You know, even as a kid, you've always been a, have a lot of energy that you can redirect into achievement? Yes. Yeah, we still do. You know, I was joking with a neighbor. We were at home this morning planting and doing weeding in the garden and whatnot. And a neighbor pointed out, they said, you know, grass never grows under the two of your feet. Um, and it's interesting. You know, I, I thought about that, you know, when this, when this quarantine began. I had dreams of spending one entire day in front of Netflix and binge watching something, but 
that's never come to fruition. I just, I don't have the ability to sit like that. So there's a constant need to expend energy. That's a very different type of direction with directing it towards fitness, which I certainly have done towards, um, you know, your job working eight, you know, 70, 90 hours a week to a creative outlet. Like that is a, that is different connections in the brain, especially that is abstract art. So that's why I'm so curious about, and that's why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast because we did that checking in with where you were talking about your, you know, your artwork. It was a video, uh, videos that I did where I'm interviewing artists and they talk about the work. And I knew your background in, you know, in finance and you made some sort of comment about, you know, directing all of this stuff in your head out on the canvas. And immediately my brain was like, okay, I want to know where that used to go before you had the canvas. Um, and, but so that's, a, it's a really fascinating story. You know, you're a, um, a high energy, high achievement type of person. So it certainly makes sense from what I know of you that you would be successful in whatever you, you know, you would do and whatever you focus on. Um, what is so interesting is that you are able to do something abstract creatively. Yeah. It's fascinating to see what, what comes out on this canvas. It's, you know, again, you know, there's no cohesiveness to the body of work that I have, I think. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fascinating to see the energy that comes out in each of these pieces. And, and one thing that I'm really surprised by is the energy that's expended during the creation of a piece, um, especially large works, because you tend to get more physical, you know, upper body and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That, that, expending of energy is almost identical to a cardio workout you know that that release of and it's not necessarily physical energy but the emotional energy that is tapped into and released during that process my experience with painting is a little bit different um, in that it's more of like a project so there is the start of the project where it's about you know the vision, the goals, the big ideas. Um, and then, you know, ultimately in any project, you're going to get down to the nitty gritty details, wrap it up, finish it off. Yeah. And that's how I see, that's how it maps in my brain. I think of them as, you know, each painting is like the arc of a project where it starts very big thinking. And then ultimately it's going to have to get down to the small details. Right. So I, I, I think that's interesting how you can have your brain sort of can like map your experiences in outside the studio into what you're doing in the studio. Yeah. And, you know, having the gallery space down in Bridgeport is the same thing. You know, we have a, a show every third Friday um, and preparing for a show is, you know, basically it's a huge project, especially when we rehang the gallery, you know, every quarter or so um, you have to think ahead about, you know, what is the collection going to look like? How is it going to be curated? And especially because I'm hanging work next to my husband, Marlon, you know, we have to be conscious of each other's body of work and how those pieces are going to interact with each other and hopefully become a cohesive collection within the space itself. So, you know, there's, there's this overarching project that you undertake and then you get down to the nitty gritty, just like you said, to the details, you know, right before opening, before you open the doors. So it's, it's, a, it's always a balancing act. Yeah, and I think that your paintings work well together. They look yeah. amazing. And so. what's interesting is, you know, Marlon's work is incredibly detailed, you know, pen and ink traction. 
And when people come in to the gallery that know us personally, but don't know our art, they would say that his work was created by me and my work was created by him because he was a high school English teacher mm -hmm. and his mind would tend toward an abstraction and mind would remain within a structure. So it's, it's fascinating to see that realization. So what would you tell people that are thinking about embracing their creativity? I mean, we have a lot of people right now, we're in the middle of this virus situation, and I think people's work situations are going to change. People potentially could have more time on their hands. Um, what would you say to people that are thinking about um, embracing the creative parts of themselves? Pick up a brush and get to a blank canvas. You know, that's the, that's the best way to start. You know, it's you have to get past the point of being uncomfortable with what ends up in the canvas. But at the end of the day, just start painting and see what comes out. And, you know, hopefully you like it. You know, it's, it's a wonderful experience once you get into the groove of it. Um, you know, first of all, learning how to handle the, the mediums. Um, but once you get past that, it's, you know, it's, it's very rewarding and, and certainly worth the time. I think that you and I are very lucky that we have this available to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we, you know, I will always have the ability to express myself on a canvas. And so that's wonderful. And also it's always going to be a challenge. You know, neither one of us is ever going to master this. No. You know, it's always going to be an exciting learning process. Yeah. And it's always going to be in the eye of the beholder. That's, you know, that's never going to change. How much art are we going to produce that's going to remain stacked up until our death and then it gets uncovered at some point? You know, we'll, right. we'll never see that, but you know, that, that'll be interesting. <laughs> I know that you have a artist residency coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Back in October, I was accepted into an art residency in France at the, uh, the Chateau Orfeville. Um, it was supposed to be April of 2020, but you know, here we are. It was actually rescheduled for September. So um, I'm still on target to go to France for the entire month and paint at the Chateau with 15 other artists from around the world and, you know, see what happens. There, there are no requirements of this residency, only they want to put us in a house with 15 other people, you know, ho hopefully protected and whatnot, or we know we will be, but the, the endeavor is to see what comes out of you with the influence of people from around the world, artists from around the world. So it's going to be an extraordinary, extraordinary experience to see this. Now, are you going to be painting still lifes, figures, or landscapes? Whatever comes out. So just like what I do today, we, we get our own bedroom and we get our own studio and they, they, and you don't have to paint the entire day. You know, there, there's going to be poets there, writers, um, artists, both visual and, and um, uh, performance, and they just want you to create. Um, they want you to leave one piece behind that was created there during the residency as they're building a contemporary collection to, to eventually show the world. Um, but otherwise there's no schedules. You can take a weekend off or a week off, you know, go travel around the countryside and, you know, gain inspiration and then come back and create. So, so it's going to be a wonderful experience. That sounds incredible. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. That is going to change you. Yeah, it will. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, where can people learn more about you and uh, see more of your work? Sure. Uh, Instagram is the best place because uh, that basically reflects not only the existing portfolio, but, you know, photos of the studio and whatnot. And that is uh, C-H-G-O-Art, 
on the Instagram page. And then my website is jeffcodyarts.com. Um, that's where I basically, it's a sales engine and uh, lists all the inventory and some narrative behind each piece. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. My name is Ricky McGuckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.